You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, today on Walk It Out, I'm thrilled to be chatting with a mother-daughter duo, Becky Thompson and Susan Pitts. But first, let me tell you a little bit about my guest. Becky is the author of the books My Real Story, Truth Unchanging, Hope Unfolding, and Love Unending. She speaks frequently to the issues of balancing life as a wife, mother, and daughter of God. She's the founder of the Midnight Mom devotional Facebook page, which, guys, is just awesome. We'll be talking about that in a minute. Um, and she's also known to millions through her website, BeckyThompson.com. She's a recent transplant to the Nashville area and lives there with her husband, Jared, and their three young children. And her mom is with us today. Susan Pitts lives in Oklahoma City with her husband, Mark. They've been married for 40 years and together host conferences and events ministering across the state. She spends much of her time as the Midnight Mom devotional prayer director, which is just awesome. And in her free time, she enjoys trying to keep her native <laughs> New England garden alive in the Oklahoma red dirt soil, which I just love so much. So welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be with you. Thank you. I love it. And so I'm in Arkansas. So uh, Susan, you're on one side of me and Becky, you're on the other side of me. I love it. So close. All right. So I'm so excited about this. And um, the, I have so many questions because I know this is the time, especially when midnight prayers are just needed. But let's start first. I would just love to hear how this whole movement got started. Sure. Well, um, the Midnight Mom actually began 30 years ago. And I'm going to tell my portion and then I'll let mom kind of explain how this began long before it actually began. So it's kind okay. of neat. But um, so I have an author account on Facebook where people can follow my writing. And I had a very young baby when I first started writing books. And um, I, I realized I'm up late at night. I bet some of my followers are up late at night as well if they have uh, small children. And so I would just post this thing called the Midnight Mom Check-In. And I would say, it's 1234 here. What time is it where you are awake reading this? Why are you awake? What's going on around you? And how can we pray for you? And thousands of moms would comment and say, I'm awake because I've got a sick kiddo, or I'm awake because I've got a teething baby, or I'm awake because I'm worried about my teenager. And um, and so we would pray for each other through through that place. But then it really needed its own place to live. It needed its own it became its own thing. And so I created the Midnight Mom Devotional Facebook page and invited all the moms who are coming to the check-in over to the Facebook page. And I would post a little devotion and just invite moms to pray together nightly. But as those comments sort of grew and the check-in grew, we just couldn't pray for everybody in the comments that we just physically mm -hmm. did not have enough time. And so my mom uh, Susan was helping me and she was commenting as much as she could and I was commenting as much as I could. And then we thought, you know what we're going to do? We are just going to pray specifically for a different type of mom or a mom in a different situation every night. And that way we make sure we're covering everybody's needs um, in prayer. So 
One night we might pray for the mom who's up nursing her newborn. The next night we might pray for the mama who's up with a sick child or the mom who's in a hospital room. Or And so it sort of just uh, began there. But then something happened in 2018. Mom was running the page for me really just full time. Um, I was busy. I was under book deadline and she had taken it over. Um, and so she wrote this prayer and in the middle of the night, she hits publish and well, it's, it's actually in the evening. So that's kind of our little secret. It's actually 830 that the midnight mom prayer goes up. But anyway, all night long, <laughs> all night long, that prayer just kept going and kept being shared. And that's when the page uh, went from 20,000 um, to 950,000 followers in about two years. So that was wow. the beginning of the page sort of going crazy. But then, like I said, the Midnight Mom actually began 30 years ago. And mom has a really fun story with that. Okay. Well, about about 30 years ago, I was a, a young mom with one child and a four-year-old, uh, Becky's older sister. And then um, I was pregnant with Becky and um, her dad, my husband, was out of work. And so he was been searching for work during one of the recessions that we have in this country. And he... Um, had a job offer or job interview in Washington, D.C. And I was pregnant with Becky and I thought, man, we've been out of work for a little while. So why don't you get on the plane and go and see what the Lord has in mind for us? Well, apparently what the Lord had in mind for us was for me to have Becky that morning while he was flying to Washington, D.C. Oh, my. <laughs> so he went to Washington and I had I had a baby. And uh, my, I'm from back east. I'm from a big Italian family back east. And uh, so most of my support system, even though I have friends here, a lot of, you know, the support system you would have, like mothers, your mom and your sisters and all of that, they were all back east. And so I pretty much was... Um, a mom having a baby pretty much by herself. So he came back, of course, the same day and, and life went on. And when I came home from the hospital, one of the interesting things was that in Oklahoma City, I kind of, uh, they were developing out by this new hospital that just seemed at that time to be out in the middle of nowhere and had a big white, I mean, just a giant white cross on the top of it. And so I would go in my yard, I'm not my yard, in the back of my house. And from my backyard, I could see the hospital's white cross. So every night before I went to bed, I would go back to the patio door and I would pray for all the mamas that were having babies in the hospital. And I did that. We lived in that particular house for 15 years. So most nights I would stand there and look out at the cross, the white cross, and just pray for mamas. So I've been praying for mamas for a long time. She's been the midnight mom that. for 30 years before it even had a name. So. I know. I thought oh. that was neat. I, I love that. And I love how God does that. And he has themes in our lives um, of just how we encourage and inspire. And I just love that prayer is the thing that both of you have just uh -huh. been able to reach so many moms. And the fact that, you know, I love the book that every night, you know, there's a, pr a different prayer for a different type of mom. And I mean, now more than ever with all that's going on in right. our world, moms are scared. Everyone's world has been upturned. So I would just love to just to hear your thoughts for those moms that are listening right now, what hope and encouragement you can give to them. You know, I think, I think before moms were already anxious and moms mm -hmm. were already lonely and moms were already overwhelmed and wondering if they were going to, if they were doing a good job and moms were already having so many questions in their heart and moms were already worried about tomorrow and what the future would hold. And 
you know, with what's happening in the world around us right now, it just feels very compounded. It feels like all the things that we're sort of playing in the back of our hearts are now front and center. And mm-hmm. there's we can't even go anywhere or do anything to take our minds off of these thoughts that we have. And what we're seeing often through the Facebook page and uh, through the women that have been contacting us through our ministry is that they just need to know right now that God hasn't forgotten about them, mm-hmm. that God isn't surprised, that he's not just waiting on the other side of this pandemic. And he's like, well, let me know when you get here. You know, He's like walking with us uh, day by day and that God has not taken his attention off of their daily needs to take Mm -hmm. care of bigger needs. You know, as humans, that's what we do. We are like, this is what, this is the main thing. This is what I really need to take care of right now. So all the other little stuff really just needs to be okay. But that's not the way our father operates. So he has the capability and the capacity to handle global pandemics and tantrums at home with children who are trying to work out new normals. And he has the capability of leading national leaders as they work out plans and mamas as they work out homeschooling. And so I think that moms more than ever right now just need to know that first of all, they are allowed to feel all the feelings and they're allowed to think all the thoughts, but they just have to remember that God is so intimately involved in their day to day and he's walking with them right now through it all. And so the hope is that we have a God that meets us and that we still have each other. And that while social distancing means that we can't physically be together, a lot of moms couldn't be together anyway because of schedules and all of those things. And so for moms, we want to just make sure that they have the capability of connecting online, which is why we're so passionate about online communities and um, women connecting online through prayer. And what I love about it is, um, you know, I know this is not just women in North America. Like this, the prayers are going out and people all around the world. And what a time that God has put us in that we can do that, that we can pray and that those ripples go out all over the world. And those mamas, maybe it's midnight here and it's early morning. My daughter is a missionary and lives in the Czech Republic. Um, And so, you know, she has a one-year-old and, you know, we, when we, we're seven hours apart and we're chatting. It's her afternoon. It's my morning. But um, the prayers, it doesn't matter what time zone you're in. And and that God can use us during this time in history to impact people all over is just such an amazing thing. It is a reminder, like, lift your eyes to God. See what He is doing. Um, and moms love that. Now, Susan, I have a question for you because I have um, both older kids. My oldest is 30 and my youngest is nine. We have 10 kids, seven adopted. Um, And so I think sometimes people think that, you know, once your kids are grown, you don't have some of the same worries and maybe you don't have to pray so much. I would just love for you to talk about that. Well, once you're a mama, you are always a mama. Mm -hmm. And once you become a mom, that is a lifelong, that's just a lifelong thing. And a lot of, um, we get several requests sometimes and they ask uh, for prayer for Nanas and Gigi's and Lollies and Mimas. And I'm thinking, I always, yes, we always pray for the Nanas and the Gigi's. We make it a point actually to pray at least once a month, a specific prayer for Nanas and Gigi's and Lollies and Grandmas and Grammys. But I always think you were a mom first. You had to be mm-hmm. a mama to get to be a Nana, a Gigi, a grandma. So 
you know, it, you're, it, it begins with your own child. It extends to your grandchildren. I have friends that are great grandmas already and friends that are great, great grandmas. I know beautiful women. So it's something that and I think as we get a little bit older, we have more time to pray. For example, I'm doing this interview from my actual prayer room. I have, I've been blessed enough to have a small room in my house that I actually am able to come into and to just spend time in prayer. When you have one million women who are waiting for you to pray for them every night and sending you countless hundreds of prayer requests daily, you really do need a place to pray. And when we say we're praying, we are actually praying. So I get to sit in this sweet room and surrounded by Bibles. I always say surrounded by Bibles and books I love and books I plan to love and artwork from famous artists and artwork from my grandchildren on the walls and a comfortable chair. And I just pray. And so I know other moms are the same way. We don't stop. We have different ways. We know they need different things. We pray for different parts of their life. We pray more for careers than for, you know, let them eat their vegetables. Maybe we pray for spouses. We pray for, but one of the things that when Becky first started her ministry, and I will encourage moms to do this, I always have journaled my prayers. I have always written my prayers for over 40 years. I've written down what I have asked God for, and I've tried to write down answers. But I remembered when Becky's started, her ministry started to to just grow and and evolve into what it was going to be with moms. I thought to myself, what was I praying when I was pregnant with Rebecca? And I went back and found my journals from 1987 and I pulled them out of the closet and I looked to see what I was praying. And I, a specific prayer was there and I actually cut it out of my journal and I mailed it to her and I prayed that God would give her a ministry to mothers and women and that he would let her minister to women who were in the trying times of their life, that she would reach out to women, that she would be able to help them through hard places. And so I sent her that. So, you know, I have been journaling for 40 years and not everybody can do that. You can't, you know, if you maybe there's, you know, you're young, you don't have time. But if every day you take just two or three minutes and just write down something that's on your heart and God sees that written down. This is on my heart. And someday you'll look back and you'll realize all the prayers he's answered. I tell people that God collects our tears in a bottle. That's how precious everything that we that we weep over is to him. He collects them. He holds on mm-hmm. to them. And then in the in the uh, in the New Testament, it talks about how our prayers are in the bowls of heaven, how their prayers right. are poured out from the bowls of heaven. So our tears are in a bottle and our prayers are in a bowl. I mean, <laughs> come on. So it's so interesting to me that, you know, the, the life journey of your prayers, the, 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 the growth of your prayer life and the, the expansion of your prayer life as your children grow older. So. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, and it definitely expands. And there are different needs when our kids are adults. And like you said, praying for our grandkids, I mean, it just grows. And my grandma is 90 and she lives with us. Um, And so she's in the room right next to mine. And sometimes I get woken up in the middle of the night because I can hear her praying for all the kids, all the grandkids. Mm -hmm. She has dementia. um, So she can't remember if she ate breakfast. Sometimes she doesn't, you know, she doesn't definitely doesn't know what day it is. Um, She, you know, sometimes she'll ask for toast when it's the middle of the night or, Mm -hmm. you know, dinner when it's morning. And she's, but she does not forget the names of her family members and she will lay in bed and pray. And, um, you know, I just have that 
peace even when I'm in my half sleep knowing my grandma's right next door and she's still praying for me. She's praying for all of us. And I just know those prayers um, will impact Precious. generations. Precious. And I love that so much. Precious. I love that. Yeah. Now, um, Becky, I, I know that there are so many moms out there and I get this question a lot because I write books and speak and have kids. Um, sometimes people think that after our kids are grown, then God could use me mm-hmm. or after, um, you know, when they're a certain age, then I could really serve other people. But really right now, um, I don't have time for that. I would just love for you to share how, even as you are pouring out, how God is pouring into you and impacting your family. Sure. And, you know, just to address that first thought of after I can, you know, after this, I can, and mm-hmm. waiting until later, I can. I had a conversation with my mama, um, it was about six months ago, and I was sitting in my driveway and my kids were all riding their bikes in the little cul-de-sac. And she was telling, we were having a conversation about basically the gift of right now. And um, we were discussing the idea that she she was sharing that when um, my mom and my dad were making plans. They often said, well, when the girls are a little older or when they get out of school or when they're in high school or when this or when that. And she said, Becky, you have to remember the gift of right now and the gift of doing it right now. And it, it was it was a really important conversation. And it was really powerful. Um, but I realized that you know, in that conversation, she was addressing the fact that I was already living in the right now, that I was already mm-hmm. doing it in the right mm-hmm. now. And she said, you know, not everybody recognizes that and not everybody does that. And so if I could encourage a mom who's like, oh, I just, I'm already overwhelmed. I can't take on anything else. Um, I love the thought of, there's actually a story in scripture and one of the prophets asks this woman, um, basically for the last of her bread and her oil. And uh, there's a famine in the land and he says, make me a cake first with what you have left. And she's like, this is all I have. Like this, I'm planning to make this bread and then my son and I are going to perish because this is all we have left. And the prophet says, make me a cake. And um, so she makes the cake for him. And then for the rest of the famine, because she served the prophet of the Lord first, she never ran out. She never ran out after that. And I think, you know, while while it's a very limited picture and it doesn't apply unless we kind of stretch it, the reality is if we serve the Lord first and mm-hmm. if we give him our lives first, then he has this incredible capacity to make sure that all the other areas of our lives are provided for as well. And if we look at serving our families as serving the Lord first and not just as something that actually comes second, then we can live in the right now. And we don't have to wait until our families are over to be involved in ministry or to be involved in serving. Um, I remember I was sitting in my closet hanging up clothes and um, it was just so simple simple little moment, but the Lord spoke to me and I was like, I just wish that I was taking care of something else. There was a ministry event that I was missing. I felt like I was missing because I was Mm. hanging up those clothes. And um, I said, I just wish I was there. And he said, Becky, do you remember when your husband went on that mission trip and he had just gotten back? I think it was in Costa Rica he had just come back from. And there were women who had gone on that trip. And while the men were building, um, they had taken it on themselves to cook the meals for the, those who could do the actual heavy, heavy lifting that they just physically couldn't take take on that trip. So there were women and they were cooking. Um, 
that had come from America and gone to serve, and they were just cooking. That's all they were doing. But they were doing it joyfully, and there's pictures of them cooking and um, just having conversations with people. And he said, were they doing mission work or not? And I was like, well, yeah, of course they were somewhere else doing the same things I'm doing here at home. (laughs) And he's like, well, then why can't you hang up the clothes and it be mission work for your family? Why can't you, you know, teach your children and make them food and have it be work for the kingdom? Why can't this have eternal purpose too? I was like, okay, it does. I get it. I get it. And so, you know, for moms specifically, we often, it's not that we're not just waiting until later. It's not that we're putting it off. It's not that we're kind of lingering in the, this is all I can do right now. I guess it's, I guess what they need most importantly is the perspective of what you are doing already has eternal value. Mm-hmm. And the people that you're loving in your home already carry eternal purpose. And, you know, this is creating a space in the lives of those who will be a part of your legacy that this is kingdom work. And so speaking to moms, you know, about waiting until later, it's right now. This is the moment. This is it. This is what you have. You have today. And um, and speaking to moms in the middle of a pandemic, well, you know, I suppose the reality is you have right now to be the peace that your children need. And I heard a quote as a friend of mine um, shared on Facebook the other day, and it was, your children are, are going to remember how their home felt um, during this time. They're going to mm-hmm. remember because they're not going anywhere, what mom and dad felt like, what mama felt like, uh, what they were talking about, the atmosphere of the home. And so for me, I've been really conscious about that. And so that's what I would encourage moms to do right now is to think about the kingdom work as they pastor their own families and lead their own families in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I love everything that you're saying. And our kids learn through that model. Like you're talking about, you know, how does our home feel? And also they're going to see how we're continuing to love and serve other people. And now that I have adult kids that love and serve God, I mean, I know I bet Susan can agree with this. There's no greater joy than to see your adult kids serving God and serving others. And, you know, we need to model what that looks like. We need to show them. And if we're waiting, like, you know, we'll do this when you're grown. Well, they don't get, they don't get to see that model. They don't get to see that service. Um, Susan, I know, you know, you raised um, your children in church and I know so many parents, um, you know, worry, is it going to be enough? Are our kids going to be able to continue in their faith? So what encouragement do you have um, for those moms out there? Um, I would just say that we do everything that we can to raise our children the way the Lord asks us to. I mean, we we live, we not only speak the word, but we live the word. We, mm-hmm. like Becky said, we are the embodiment. I mean, before our children can read, we are the embodiment of what God's love looks like to them. We are the embodiment of hope. We are the embodiment of peace. And so I just encourage mamas to just uh be your your yourself and the Lord. I mean, it's okay. I mean, some of us are just broken vessels too. I mean, some of us really aren't perfect. We're not shiny and and you know um, we're we're glass that looks cracked sometimes. But it's it's okay because then our children see too that we make mistakes and ask for forgiveness. We raise our voices and ask for forgiveness. We lose our temper. We ask for forgiveness. We are we are those vessels that hold the glory of God. And yet we are not perfect to hold it, but his glory is still perfect. So I just say, you know, just being who you are in the Lord and constantly, you know, 
looking to him. And at the end of the day, I will just say this, because I know that not every situation is perfect. I would, and, I, and, and my situation is not perfect. But when I turn around and I look, I, I think to myself and I hear myself say, I did what God asked me to do. And every child is their own, has their own relationship with the Lord. And they get to choose that. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the, power of 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 the of free will that's the power of getting to choose what they're going to do with what you've what you've poured into them and sometimes i almost feel like that there is our moms that need to hear this too that maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't look you know perfect maybe when you turn around and you think gosh you know maybe this child of mine is maybe not astray, but not living the way you actually thought would happen. But you have to realize that they are living the life that they're choosing and that God is still right with them. Sometimes it doesn't look like it, but the Lord is still walking right beside them, holding their hands, you know, guiding them. He is with them when you can't see them. I always, I know this is going to sound kind of different, but a lot of times I go outside at night and I look up. I guess I'm a big person for looking out my window. And apparently I'm looking at crosses and the sky and the stars and the moon and all of this. But a lot of times I will go outside and especially if you have children living in faraway places and you're not on the phone with them, but I will look up at the sky and I will say, I am looking at the same stars. I'm looking at the same stars in the sky. I'm looking at the same moon. I'm seeing with my eyes the same thing that my children are seeing. Whatever they are, wherever they are, whatever they're doing right now, we are under the same heaven. And um, mm-hmm. God is God is the one who placed that. You know, the Bible says it's placed for a sign. There's all kinds of signs that we see in the heavens. I'm not trying to get too spiritual or anything, you know, but it does say that there are signs in the heaven. But a most simple sign for a mother who maybe worries about her child is to know that the same sun, moon, and stars that are over your head are over your child's head. And and you and God placed that there for a sign. And he's everywhere. He's taking care of them even when you can't see them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. And, um, you know, because there are those those parents that just have so many worries, especially for adult kids, but sometimes even for younger kids, too, there are so many challenges. I was just looking in my Facebook memories, and I had posted this quote from Oswald Chambers a couple of years ago, and, you know, it popped up. I'm like, this is perfect for our, our conversation today. But Oswald Chambers says, we have to pray with our eyes on God, not on the difficulties. And I love, Susan, how you're talking about you're lifting your eyes. You're lifting your eyes um, to, you know, look at the cross and to look at the stars. But your eyes are truly on God um, as you pray. And Isaiah 26, 3 says, you know, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And that what that's what prayer is. It's saying, okay, there's so much going on, but I am lifting my gaze to you and I trust you. And I just love that, you know, through this Facebook page, which is just like 20 years ago, there was no such thing, but you were able to tell moms, look up, look up and see God and, and see what he's doing. And um, I, I love in the press kit, it said, you know, one of the quotes from you guys is there is something about the middle of the night that can feel so dark and lonely. And I think so many moms are feeling that. And right now it's not even the middle of the night, I mean, right. it's even in the day. Um, and I just love that you are encouraging them to, um, continue to look up. So I want to talk about just community um, for a moment, Becky. I would just love to share, you know, of course, we're going to pray in our quiet moments, but how have you seen the power of praying in community really make a difference? Oh, I love this question. So, um, you know, specifically on the page and 
you know, we, I keep bringing it back to the page and, and, um, because it is such a kind of phenomenon, what God is doing there. And, um, and so, but I don't think it has to be, I think that this Mm -hmm. can be sort of a model of what happens in lots of places, but as we pray specifically for the mom who is, you know, in whatever situation, circumstance, or, you know, life, life story, we are finding that women are going first as they click share, you know, and these prayers are being shared between, you know, 10 and 20,000 times in 24 hours. What we're seeing are women saying, I am not alone. Like I'm Mm -hmm. praying this for somebody I know. And look, as I share this with you, you are not alone. Look at all these people that are also feeling this. Look at all these people that also need this prayer. Look at all these people who are in the same situation. And one of the first things that happens there with community prayer is that the lie that we're alone in our feelings is broken off. The lie that we're the only one going through this and you're the middle of the night and no one's awake and no one knows what you're facing, whether it's you know morning, noon, or, or midnight, you are not alone. And there's an instant visual with that. And then as we do that and as we pray for the mama who's doing all of this, as moms are, are saying either this is yes, this is for me, or no, this is for somebody I know, they're having to be considerate of other needs. They're having mm-hmm. to say, this is for me and this is for me and so-and-so. This is for me and my sister. This is for me and my neighbor. This is for me. And you know, and so there's this invitation. And so what we're seeing online is really unique, but our hope is that we can actually, and this is something we're talking about, so I guess it's breaking news here. We would really love to see this happen after the pandemic and all the things that sort of change here into homes because yeah. there is power in joining physical hands and, and lifting each other up and being arms around each other. And, you know, that's one thing that mom and I say often is, um, we are, you know, an invisible embodiment of prayer and arms that of a community that wrap around each other. And so, you know, as we, like you said, as we are eternity focused, as we're heaven focused, as we're not looking at what we're going through, but as we're, you know, praying peace over certain situations, it's just this power of, I am not alone. I am not alone. And I think I honestly have said this before, and I, I fully believe it still today. I think that that is one of the enemy's greatest tactics and which is and why there's so much division among women. And it's because the enemy knows what we sometimes forget, and that is that there is so much power when women come together in prayer. And mm-hmm. there's so much power when women come together in unity, which is why there's so much intentionality by our enemy to keep us separate and divided and looking for all of the ways that were different. I shared a story once in one of my books where, you know, I this mom in my community was sort of doing something different and I was thinking, well, I'm not like her. At least at least I'm not like her in that area. You know, phew, at least I'm doing better and so do we use each other as measuring sticks. Mm-hmm. And if she, if at least I'm a little bit better than what she's doing, then then I can feel like, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not as I'm not as bad as that. But the reality is those things that we're seeing and comparing with each other are are fuel for the enemy's fire. It's fuel to say that you are not the wall that I stand up against and measure myself to see if I've grown. I have my own set of lines marked on the wall, like we measure our kids to see how I've grown. And, um, And so we, mom and I together, and then in our ministry, we work very hard to say, we will not look at each other and look for the places where we're different. So we can mm-hmm. see how we measure up. We will look at each other and find every place where we are in unity. And I think, 
honestly, that's the power behind the Midnight Mom Devotionals virility, like the viral status of how we've grown from 20,000 followers to a million in two years, is that we never address the areas where we're different, ever. We only look for the places where we are the same. And while we do talk about different things, you know, moms who are in teenage years or moms who are, you know, raising their grandchildren or moms who are newborns, we do talk about the things that are different. We don't point them out as differences. We point them out as things that we're all going through. Yes, you might have a teenager and you might be worrying about their future, but I know that that mama rock and her newborn baby is just as worried and just as concerned and praying the same prayers for her baby. And that's one thing that mom and I have talked about a lot, which is... We are standing on two opposite ends of motherhood. And she's speaking backward and forward, and I'm speaking backward and forward. And we're covering a, um, just sort of like a wider berth, like our arms outstretched are reaching more area together. But there are, th- are threads that go through motherhood that it doesn't matter if you have a newborn or you know a grandbaby that's a newborn. We are all feeling and experiencing the same things. And if we can focus on those things and lift them to the Lord together, we lift each other to the Lord together. And that's the power of community. And that's the power of motherhood and community. Absolutely. So I'm so excited. I'm, I liked your page. I put it C first, so I can start getting involved in your program. But I also love the fact that it's now in a book Mm -hmm. that I can give as, you know, a birthday gift, as a mother's day gift, as a um, baby shower gift. I'm talking just a little bit about how you were able to pull just the wonderful things from the page and be able to put it in this Midnight Mom devotional book. Well, I'll let mom kind of answer that because um, she sort of took the charge there in the very beginning of organizing uh, some of the prayers. So. so when we started talking about uh, putting together an actual book, um, we had actually started way, way back with putting together little little pamphlets and we had found common themes uh, throughout our Midnight Mom prayer time that we would be addressing almost once a month. So we put together, we looked at those and we thought, well, what are some of the major themes that women write to us and request prayer about? And one of them was anxiety. Um, We have so many women that have uh, issues with anxiety, some with depression, of course, having a and this is not separate. This is not about the anxiety, depression, but one was be having a newborn. Uh, that mm-hmm. was a, that was a big one. And then we also often address um, single moms because they we have a lot of single moms, and and so we address the needs of being a single mom. So we went through some of our. We have like ten major topics that seem to just recur constantly. Constant prayer requests. Uh, a lot of times we will pray for uh, moms with children with. Um, complex medical issues or even sometimes even more specifically things such as juvenile diabetes, uh, childhood heart disease, things like that. So we started making lists. We wanted to have in this prayer book a prayer for every situation that we could think of. So 365 is a large amount, a large uh amount of different prayers. And so one of the resources that does come with the book itself is a topical index in the back. Mm-hmm. So even though nightly we, this tonight, like yesterday was um, the day we prayed for, it was I believe it was National Autism Day, Autism Awareness Day. So yesterday's prayer was about that. And so you may not have someone that you know like that, but we all together as a movement prayed for women and who are uh, parenting children on this on the autism spectrum, but 
if you wanted to pray for that another time, you could simply look in the index and say, I really have a friend that maybe their child was just given um, a diagnosis or something like that. And they could look in the um, in the spectrum, in the, in the topical index and find autism spectrum. And then they could find the prayer that they might need for that day. So we went through everything uh, that we could think of. Of course, we have editors and they went through and they even said, how about a prayer for this? And we said, of course, and they would help us, you know, perhaps from a different, even a different perspective, see um, what we would need. And then um, Becky, did you want to add to that maybe? So, yeah, it was one of those things where this is brand. These are brand new prayers. Um, You know, this people might say, well, I follow the Facebook page. Do I need the book? These are all this is a full year of brand new prayers. And while we've been praying on, you know, Facebook for a couple years now, um, you know, there are reoccurring themes. There are, you know, we've got the newborn, the single mom, the mom who has grief, the mom who has a child um, with some form of special need, medical, emotional, uh, physical. And, you know, while we're addressing all of these things, these are, they're fresh. They're from a fresh perspective and uh, new words. And, you know, the truth is there are only so many prayers that a mama can pray. And that's what we think. We think there are only so many prayers that we can pray, but our entire lives are prayers. I mean, let's just be honest, you know, from the moment we wake up, we're all going through different situations and circumstances. And, um, we often think, okay, I need to, you know, get to a a room that's quiet like mom has and pray. But, um, we wanted these prayers to be short enough that they could open them up and pray that night. And as a, as a launching pad of a conversation with the Lord and then continue on with their own conversation. But we also wanted women to see through these very short prayers that they can pray at their kitchen sink. They can pray in the car with a you know, screaming toddler in the backseat. They can pray as they exhale and just say, help, you know? So Uh we're trying to change the idea of what we consider a prayer movement and prayer gatherings and prayer meetings because the Lord, he's with us always and he just wants to meet with us right where we are. And, um, And so taking what we've began online and putting it in a book we have this picture in our hearts now of women across the world, literally across the world, holding this book, opening it up to that day and, um, and praying for women that they don't even know by name, you Uh know, the the single mom who needs help. And they don't, they might not know a single mom, but they're praying for her. And then the single moms reading that go, there are, there are thousands, thousands and thousands of women praying for me right now. And now I'm going to pray for the rest of the single moms that I know. So that's how we sort of put the prayers together. We're excited about the index in the back. Um, so it begins January 1st and goes through the end of the year. The secret, the secret is that it's 365 prayers, but we included one for February 29th. So it's actually Yay. 366. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I love it at the end of the devotional, it says tonight I'm praying this for, and you get to write the name. So April 6th is just the one I happened to open up to. And it was, but today we pray for the mama who is single. And my mind is already flipping through whose name I can write in this. And then you, know, you can go through every day, you can just list the name names of people you know but then like you said you're still praying for those names that you don't know you know I know a dozen single moms but there's you know I mean so many more that the prayers are being lifted up for and I think this will be perfect I'm thinking of you know times where I'm maybe blow drying my hair we could have this on the on the vanity in my bathroom or I'm folding laundry in the laundry room I mean this is a a perfect book to tuck in one of those places that you can just pull out that day as you're folding towels and just start praying 
um, for that woman. So I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about how God is using you. Um, I'm going to share your page. <laughs> you know, start getting <laughs> out there. But um, I just love how, um, you know, both of you, your hearts are tender to God to do what he wants. And then as a result of that, so many mamas are just getting these prayers. So thank you so much. I am so thankful for Becky and for Susan and for just their ministry to moms. Now, Midnight Mom Devotional is a book, but it's also the Facebook page like um, they mentioned. Go push like on that button at Midnight Mom Devotional on Facebook, but also think of someone who can really use this book right now. You could order it online, have it sent directly to that person. And what a joy it would be to open up the mailbox and find this gift of prayers. I love it so much. And I especially love how under each day, under each prayer, you can write your friend's names. Um, and I know so many people have concerns and worries and big needs. There is, you know, global issues, but there's also these personal issues um, that each individual has. Just think of a name that you can write in um, in these prayers. Now, today's walk it out verse is the one that I mentioned um, during the the broadcast, and that is Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And I just pray today that that so many people will um, lift their minds to God during this time. So let me just pray for you today. Lord, there are so many worries. There are so many concerns. Each of us um, ha- used to, you know, we used to think that life is so difficult and challenges upon challenges are being added to it. And I just pray, Lord, that we will lift our eyes to you, lift our gaze to you, and that you will keep us in perfect peace. That Our minds will be steadfast, fixed on you. I thank you for Becky. I thank you for Susan. I thank you for the ministry they have for moms and all that they are doing, all those prayers that are going out. I pray that um, that the ripple effect will just continue and grow and that more moms will pray and share and um, support and love and give to other moms. I, I pray for that unity that they talk about, that we don't need to look at how we're different or separate, but instead um, look to how we can love and support and the things that we have in common, like the love for our children, Lord. And I pray that that unity will continue to bind all of us together. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for connecting um, with Walk It Out. I am so thankful for Becky and for Susan, who are truly walking out what God is asking them to do. And I just encourage you, if you feel that tug on their heart, your heart um, of someone you're supposed to minister to, a, a group of people, uh, um, neighbors, friends, people from church, people you don't know um, on Facebook or Instagram that just need support and encouragement, I pray that you will just take those steps of faith. I think sometimes we feel that we don't have enough to give, but truly in our weakness, God's strength is complete. So when you take those steps of faith to serve another person, God will be right there, um, making you strong and able to love and to serve. So thank you um, for the ways that you support Walk It Out. Thank you for listening and allowing me to pour into your lives. I love being able to just know that um, I can 
connect you with these amazing men and women, mostly women, but some men too, that are just doing wonderful things for God's kingdom. I pray that you will be encouraged. Now, if you have enjoyed this broadcast, just share it with a friend. You can just let them know, hey, check it out on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, or you could always just go to my website, which is just trishagoyer.com. There's a link there for podcasts or walkitoutpodcast.com. Share this with your friends and may they be encouraged too. I pray that you will be blessed um, and I pray that God will just speak to your heart as you look to him and that he may give you peace today. Have a great day, friends. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.